Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby and if you're brand new to this show, this show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So on today's episode, this is the last episode of the M21 Corset Review and we are going over all the multicolored, colorless, artifact, and land cards of M21. So this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode than usual because there's not a whole lot of cards to talk about here this time. I mean, there, there's quite a few, but not nearly as much as the other colors as well, because with core sets, it's usually more monocolored focus because they do try to make it easier to draft for newer players. And I like that, you know, sometimes it's nice to go back to the basics sometimes and not have these really complicated sets like Ikoria was. Ooh, boy, that was a complicated set to draft um, comparatively when you look at core sets. So um, without further ado, uh, before we get into it, let me get some announcements out of the way. Uh, the show can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio and Spotify and on YouTube. Uh, you can check out the show's Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzuby and if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on Twitter at MagicWithZuby, on Instagram at Magic underscore with underscore Zuby, and you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com, and we've got two quick little ads out of the way here, and we will get on to the last remaining cards of M21 here. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping at LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on magic singles and magic sealed product available. And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Abzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... a normie? Yeah, exactly! A normie! Well, have I got the show for you. The all-new Magic for Normies show. Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic, Magic for, for Normies. Normies. It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning. We care about having fun playing Magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten Plays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic Wazubi RSS feed. Do-do-do-do-do. Magic for normies. All right, so first up for the multicolored cards is we've got Alpine Houndmaster. I'm, I'm having a hard time saying these names just right off the bat here. Uh, for a red and a white, it's a human warrior creature. It's a 2-2. When this enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a card named Alpine Watchdog and or a card named Igneous Kurt. Reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. Whenever Alpine Houndmaster Hound attacks, it gets plus X plus O until end of turn where X is number of other attacking creatures. So for a Boros card, a 2-mana two 2-2 two, two is pretty decent, plus with the ability to possibly tutor up the Alpine Watchdog or the Igneous Kerr. That's really pretty decent if you manage to draft both of them into your deck. And even if you didn't, you can still 
I, I think since it is a May ability, you may search for your card. You may search your library anyway, and maybe if you just want to shuffle as well, because you don't have to find those cards. It's a May ability, and you may reveal them, and then you shuffle your library. So that's also pretty decent as well. And then when this attacks, this also has the ability of pumping itself up as well. So overall, pretty it's a pretty decent, good aggro-ish type card for limited here. Next up, we've got Conclave Mentor for green and white. It's a Centaur, cler Centaur Cleric. It is a 2-2. If one or more 1-1 one, one counters would be... If more one or more plus 1 plus 1 counters would be put on a creature you control, that many plus 1 plus 1 plus 1 counters are put on that creature instead. When Conclave Mentor dies, you gain life equal to its power. So, you, so if one or more... 1-1 one, one counters would be put on a creature you control that many plus one are put on that creature instead okay okay so if you so say you put two 1-1 one, one counters on something this will just add an additional 1-1 one, one counter okay okay that's not too bad i mean even so by itself it's a bear it's a two mana two two and then with green and i think there's even some cards in white that allow you to get some counters as well so this is pretty decent as well too i i, I kind of like it I, I kind of like this a little bit more than the Alpine Hound, Hound Master so far. Next up, we've got Dire Fleet Warmonger. It's one black and a red. Is this a reprint? Orc Pirate 3-3, or is this just similar to the one from last year? Uh, it's an Orc Pirate. It's a 3-3. Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, you may sack another creature. If you do, Dire Fleet Warmonger gets plus two, plus two, and gains Trample until end of turn. So, hey potentially making this a 5-5 five five with Trample. It's not too bad, and it's a 3-mana three 3-3 three three that seems appropriately costed, and for those two colors, it's a pretty decent card for you to pick. Next up, we've got Experimental Overload for two blue and a red. It's a sorcery. Create an XX blue and red weird creature token, where X is the number of instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard. Then you may return an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Exile Experimental Overload. So something like Draft or Limited, and this is okay. This would not be very high on my pick list at all, to be honest. But I would play something like this in a Spellslinger EDH deck, or even if I was doing sort of like a Control Jeskai or it deck as well, too. I, I would play this in like standard or historic, something like that as well. It's not too bad, and you get to recur one of your instant or sorcery cards. Maybe that good counter spell you want. Next up, we've got Indulging Patrician for one white and a black. It's a vampire noble. It's a 1-4. It has flying lifelink at the beginning of your end step. If you gain three or more life this turn, each opponent loses three life. Um, I kind of love and hate this card at the same time because, I mean, this is definitely want to go in my Edgar Markov deck. But, so, any kind of deck like Aristocrats, I'm thinking more EDH here, Aristocrats or Edgar Markov, or just like any kind of Orzov deck where you're constantly gaining life, each opponent loses three life, that's, that sucks. I mean, it's good. It, it's, it's a good kind of suck, right? Um, God, it's ridiculous. And the art of that is... It's pretty spicy. It's pretty spicy art, I must say. Um, next up, we've got Leafkin Avenger for two red and green. It's an elemental druid. It's a 4-3. You tap this to add green for each creature control power 4 or greater. Okay, that's interesting. You can pay 7 and a red, and this deals damage equal to its power to target player or planeswalker. 
Okay, so this would be a decent kind of card. So a four mana, four three is not too bad. And then plus you have the possibility of just adding one green mana because it will count itself. But what I really like is a the late game possibility of paying eight mana to deal possibly four damage to target player. And that is really useful in a format like limited because sometimes you get in those stalemates and then boom you have all this mana nothing to do because you're kind of waiting for each other boom you pay eight mana and deal four damage to a target player and just kill them that much quicker next up we've got lore scale codal one green blue it's a snake creature it's a two two whenever you draw a card put a one one counter on lore scale codal is this a reprint or something or is, i swear i've seen a card very similar to this here it's a 2-2 two, two for 3, which isn't too bad, but you're going to always put a counter on this every turn whenever you draw a card, and that's just pretty dumb and great. And green and blue are the best card draw card or card draw colors apparently now. Next up, we've got Niambi, Esteemed Speaker for white and a blue. It's a human cleric, legendary creature. It's a 2-1 with flash. When this enters the battlefield, you may return another target creature you control to its owner's hand. If you do, you gain life equal to that creature's converted mana cost. And then you can pay one white and a blue and tap this, discard a legendary card, draw two cards. So you may return you may return another target creature you control to its owner's hand. Do you gain life equal? Okay, I mean, it, it could be a good way to, if you want to save one of your creatures from dying, right? So, I mean, that is decent, but otherwise it's it's okay. Eh. I mean, even like discard a legendary card, draw two cards. I mean, it's, eh, it's, okay. it's okay. That's all I'm going to say. It's okay. Um, It is nice to see Teferi's daughter again, though, Niambi. Uh, next up, we've got Obsessive Stitcher. It's one blue and black. It's a human wizard creature. It's a 0-3. You tap this to draw a card, then discard a card. Okay, not bad. It's a good looter. You can pay two blue and black and tap this sack obsessive stitcher. Return to a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Okay, yes, those kind of cards are always really good. And this is... I'm going to definitely try this card in my reanimator deck in Historic. Because, heck, sometimes you just always don't have enough mana like you're, you're stuck on that four mana and boom this is the kind of card you want because now you can just reanimate a card that you really want like ulamog or something like that next up we've got ooh radha is back radha heart of keld for one red green it's an elf warrior it's a three 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 for three was good as long as it's your turn radha heart of keld has first strike okay i like that you may look at the top card of your library anytime, and you may play lands from the top of your library. Okay, that's not bad. You can pay four red and green. It gets plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of lands you control. So, okay. So, that could be a good, nice game ender. I mean, it only has first strike. I wish it had trample, though. But it, it is a decent card, because you can... I would pack one, pick one this, and I like the little combat trick as with this as well six mana feels appropriately costed because if you have only six mana you're gonna plus six plus six this and has first strike too that's pretty damn good 
Next up, we've got Sanctum of All. It is Wuber colors, white, blue, black, red, green. It's the legendary enchantment shrine. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may search your library and or graveyard for a shrine card and put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. If an ability of another shrine you control triggers while you control six or more shrines, that ability triggers an additional time. So something like limited, this is going to be crap, right? Because with the shrines being uncommons, you're not going to see that many shrines. But in something like Constructed, yeah, I'm going to play this in Historic for sure. And also, you know, it'd be interesting for this to see like EDH play as well too. Like just a pure five color enchantment deck with all the shrines. It'd be kind of interesting to see. I, I'd enjoy it. Next up, we've got Twin Blade Assassins for three black and a green. It's an elf assassin. It's a 5-4. Five, 5-4 four. Five, four for five is not too bad. At the beginning of your end step, if a creature died this turn, draw a card. Okay. So, just a 5-4 by itself is pretty decent, but you get to possibly draw a card if something died. Okay, so even if it's one of your creatures, you get to draw a card, so it's not too bad. I mean, there's better cards out there, but this is, it's decent, it's decent enough. It seems pretty uh, Golgari there. And last but not least for the multicolored cards is Watcher of the Spheres for white and a blue. It's a bird wizard creature, it's a 2-2, two -two. has flying. Creature spells with flying you cast cost one less to cast. Whenever another creature with flying enters the battlefield under your control, Watcher of the Spheres gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. So you get to cast cheaper flying creatures, and you get to pump this up as well as you play more flyers. This is going to be super handy. I'd probably almost pack one, pick one this if there's like no good removal or anything, because flying is always one of the best things to have in limited, and this is just going to help you out that much more and help you get more creatures out much quicker. All right, so the only colorless card we have for the M21 set is a very surprising remake here. Um, I'm I'm very glad to see this card. Don't get me wrong. But with the amount of ramp that is available in standard and historic, this is yeah, yeah. Okay, Ugin the Spirit Dragon, eight mana cost. Legendary Planeswalker Ugin starts off with seven loyalty. Eight mana does not seem that much because I remember. Okay, so here's a little story. I remember my first Fate Reforged draft. I, I I did the pre-release for Fate Reforged, but I don't remember pulling anything great. But my first draft with Fate Reforged, this is my pack one pick one, and yeah, I played it, and it felt like you had to, especially in Fate Reforged drive, you felt like you had to earn to like be able to play Ugin the Spirit Dragon. In this kind of limited format, it seems like it's going to be a lot easier to possibly play this a lot quicker um and then we're and then even playing this in standard back in the day it until um it was until about battle for zendikar when there was a, a lot more ramp there beforehand this was a little bit harder to play as well too yeah there were the control decks like blue black dragon control and uh esper dragon control as well played like maybe one or two copies of this back in the day but now in constructed, this is gonna be so easy to play here. It's um, oh god, <laughs> I'm kind of dreading this a little bit here. But I'm I I love seeing it though. So Ugin, it's such an EDH staple. I mean, what more can I say about it? Uh, Ugin starts off seven loyalty counters plus two. It deals three damage to any target, bolts anything. Awesome. The Neg X is 
one of the best board wipes ever. Neg X is exile. Each permanent with converted mana cost X or less. That's one or more colors. So you can do up to seven starting off right away. And then Ugin's ultimate Neg 10. You gain seven life, draw seven cards, and put up to seven permanent cards from your hand onto the battlefield. By the time you get that done, you, you're most likely going to win the game at that point. Um, oh, God. I mean... What more do I say about this? I will say one of my favorite things with Ugin is in my Moldratha deck. And some people listening and watching may know that they may have played against that Moldratha deck. Where I love playing Moldratha. Uh, since Moldratha costs 6, I love nagging 5 with Ugin. And then maybe nagging 2 again with Ugin. So that way I don't get rid of Moldratha. Then I just get to play Ugin again. Over and over and over again. And I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, hap- kinda happy to see you back. Ugin a little bit. I, I might I might end up really hating standard. Alright, we're gonna go to the artifact cards here. And the first artifact card, oh my gosh, um, is a crazy one. Chromatic Orrery. For seven mana, it's a legendary artifact. Like I said, seven mana, that doesn't seem like a whole lot, because ramp is so rampant. Haha. <laughs> um, you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color. At, and then you tap this to add one, two, three, four, five, five colorless mana okay when i first saw this i thought it was only four colorless mana i'm like okay four is not too bad okay this is five colorless mana and then you can pay five and tap this draw a card for each color among permanents you control um oh my god this is i'd pack one pick one this heck yeah because ramp up get five easy mana and all that and my mana is you know any color and all that Ugh, god I'm going to see EDH play for sure. Yeah, of course. course. What more do I even say about this card? This is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I love it, though. Next up, we've got Chrome Replicator for 5 mana. It's a construct. It's a 4-4 for 5. Okay. When this enters the battlefield, if you control 2 or more non-land, non-token permanents with the same name as one another, create a 4-4 colorless construct artifact creature token. And in something like Limited, that's not too hard to do. And Constructed, that's definitely easy to do. But this does not seem to be very Constructed playable, though. So in something like Limited, this would maybe be an early to mid pick for me. 5 mana, 4 4 is great. But possibility of getting um, a, another 4 4 out of this for 5. So 2 4 4s for 5, that's really good. It's really good. And it's a non-land, non-token permanent. So if you have like 2 enchantments or or two artifacts out, right? That counts towards this as well. So next up, we've got Epitaph Golem for five mana. It's a golem. It's a 3-5. You can pay two mana, put target card from your graveyard on the bottom of your library. Okay, not bad. So, hey, maybe you're getting milled out, and boom, you have this out, and hey, or you want to protect a card from one of your graveyard, or from one of your graveyards from your graveyard. It's not bad either. Next up, we've got... Forgotten Sentinel for four mana. It's a golem or golem. I'm saying golem like Lord of the Rings here. Golem. It's a 4-3. It enters the battlefield tapped for four mana. Okay, I don't like that at all. It's a cute art though. I really like the art. Um, Kind of gives me a a labyrinth return to Oz feel of the art. Kind of, sort of. Next up, we've got Maze Mine Tomb for two mana. It's an artifact. You can tap this to put a page counter in Maze Mine Tomb and scry one. Okay, I like that. It's not too bad. I like scrying. You can pay two mana and tap this. Put a page counter on Maze Mine Tomb. Draw a card. Okay. It's not bad. When, when there are four or more page counters on Maze Mine Tomb, exile it if you do gain four life. 
okay, I don't really like that too much. Um, yeah, I mean, the draw card's cool. The scrying is cool, and then you have to exile it when it has four or more page counters. Yeah, I might skip this card completely. Uh, this, this is like limited fodder over and over again. I can't even see this scene playing Commander. I mean, I could be 100% wrong, right? But it's kind of kind of crap. Yeah, I, I like the art of it, though. I gotta say something nice. Oh, and it's made by Randy Gallegos. Um, I've met him. He's been on the podcast twice. He is a really cool dude. At least I hope so. I hope he doesn't turn out to be a creeper. Um, like certain magic artists become. Um, anyways, so Meteorite, a five mana artifact. This is a reprint. When this enters the battlefield, it deals two damage to any target. Pretty decent. And you can tap this to add one mana of any color. This is the literal definition of a mana rock. And, you know, maybe you need some, maybe you need that extra mana in here, and this can fit in any kind of deck since it's colorless. Next up, we've got Palladium Mirror. I think this is a reprint, right? It's a three mana uh, mirror artifact creature. It's a two two. You can tap this to add two colorless mana, and it's a good little mana dork there. It's a two mana, or it's a three mana two two, and add two colorless. Yeah, I kind of like it. Prismite, it's a 2-mana golem. It's a 2-1. You can pay 2-mana to add 1-mana of any color. Okay. Eh. It's okay. I like the art of it. The art of it's pretty pretty cool. I like I like that. Decent, I think. I, I don't know. I, I know I'm not saying too much about these artifact cards. Some of these are just kind of like meh. It's okay. Not the greatest. Uh, next up, we've got Short Sword. I think this is a reprint, right? 1-mana... And he pays one to equip. Equip creature gets plus one, plus one. It's a decent little equipment. Um, mid to late pick, more than anything. It's not that great. I mean, if you need it, you need it. But otherwise, eh, it's okay. Next up, we've got Silent Dart. I think this is a reprint, maybe? It's a one mana artifact. You pay four to tap this. Sack Silent Dart. It deals three damage to target creature. Eh. I mean, in some like limited, it could be decent, right? Because you could definitely take out a pesky creature. So I wouldn't discount it entirely, just maybe look for something better. I mean, some decent removal, though, right? Skyscanner, this is reprinted. It's a three-mana Thopter. It's a 1-1 one, one with flying, and when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. When was the last time we saw it? Was it Kaladesh or Dominaria or one of the core sets? I can't remember now. I can't remember the last time we saw this. Um, but it's a decent draw card Uh creature i mean one mana a three mana one one with flying and eh, not the greatest but the draw card is decent next up we've got another surprising reprint um this has been reprinted so many i think it's been reprinted in almost every single commander set too it is solemn simulacrum aka sad robot a four mana two two golem when the center is a battlefield you may search your library for a basic land card put that card on the battlefield tab then shelf your library and when this dies you draw a card sad robot um it's a good card. I'd pack one, pick one this, mainly for the mana fixing and the possibility of drawing a card when it dies. So, and this is going to be handy to have more copies of because it's always good to have Sad Robot in your EDH decks because he helps you with mana fixing. And as far as, well, would this C play in Standard or Historic? I, I don't think it would. I'm, you know, I'm going to make a prediction now. It will not see play in standard, at least for the foreseeable future. Not right now. I could be completely 100% wrong, though. 
Next up, we've got Spark Hunter Masticore for three mana to Masticore to three, four. As an additional cost to cast the spell, discard a card. Has protection from Planeswalkers. Okay, interesting. You pay one mana and it deals one damage to target Planeswalker. Very nice. You pay, or you can pay three mana and this gains indestructible at, at, until end of turn. Okay, so hey Teferi, you're being a pain in the ass. Boom, Spark Hunter Man Masticore says bye-bye Teferi. Bye-bye, Teferi. Excuse me. This should have been printed last year. Especially after the Planeswalker set. I feel like we got this a little bit too late, but hey, glad to see it anyway because I, and I hope, I, now, I hope this set starts setting a new precedent, especially protection from Planeswalkers. Now, do I want to see protection from Planeswalkers everywhere? No. But I want to start seeing more stuff like this, since we know Planeswalkers are not going anywhere anytime soon at all. They're way too popular for Wizards to get rid of. But I'm hoping we see more stuff like this. Maybe not just on creatures, but also spells as well, too. Like a, like a little combat trick. Like, oh, hey, you're... Like, on more instant cards, like, hey, you're trying to target my creature with your Planeswalker. Boom! Has protection from Planeswalkers now. Boom! You can't do it. Sorry. Boom. Yada, yada, yada. Gone. Done. Get out of here. So, I like it. Pack one, pick one. Hell yes. Even if there are no Planeswalkers you play against, it's still pretty good because you can give it indestructible. Next up, we've got Tormod's Crypt. Why weren't you reprinted last year? I know I've been wanting Tormod's Crypt for, like, ever now and i'm glad to see it back finally tormod's crypt it's a zero cost artifact you tap this sack tormod's crypt xlr cards from target player's graveyard now we we did get graph diggers cage last year i kind of wish we got this instead but hey i'll take it i'll take it now i'll take it now i'm glad i'm glad for that so those are all the artifacts there um we are going to go over the land cards now we aren't going to go over every single land here we will go over some of the more unique lands um so before we start going over the unique lands um once again they have the gain life lands the blood fail caves blossoming sands dismal backwater and all that uh these were originally first came coming out in kanza tarkir if i remember correctly and these are the one thing I will say about these lands, not only are these great for mana fixing and limited, but these are also really great budget lands for EDH, right? Now, it, it, it's something that I teach, try to teach a lot of newer players that are into EDH, like, hey, watch out for the amount of tap lands you have in your deck. Now, these kind of lands are very useful because you get those two lands, you get the gain, the life. And it helps you with your mana fixing. And I feel like these are great, great, great budget lands for people out there. So I'm glad to see them again. Just keep printing them out. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we keep seeing them for the foreseeable future for like ever. Right. So I'm, I'm glad to see them. Uh, the other surprising reprint that we have here in this set is Fabled Passage. Um, I really liked Fabled Passage back when Throne of Eldraine came out. I feel like it is a, it, it, it's it's not the fetch we need, but it's kind of the fetch we deserve right now. And it is a, a very good fetch. Like even now, I mean, basically if you play this like turns one through three, essentially, if you're not ramping up or anything like that, it's basically a very fancy evolving wilds. But, you know, playing this by turn four, it's it's good because the land comes in untapped so really like it i'm glad to see this again i, I like being able to put this in my edh decks along with evolving wilds and terramorphic expanse so i'm glad to see this again here 
Um, the other kind of reprint we see is Radiant Fountain. Uh, when this enters the battlefield, you gain two life. We have not seen this since... In the standard set since M14, I think, or M13? I think, I, I think it's one of those sets. Um, so it's nice to see it again. It's a decent, you know, gain two life card, especially if you need that as well. At least it doesn't come in tapped, though. That's good. And another... It's surprising, but not surprising reprint are the uh, temples here, the enemy temples. So I'm pretty sure the reason we're getting these reprinted is because they were reprinted back in M20. And M20 is rotating out this, this fall. And with Theros still being in standard for another year, this is prob most likely the reason why they reprinted these five temples here, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, there's that whole hubbub about Arena, and hey, people are mad about reprints. Whatever, you know. It is what it is. Stop getting mad about everything. Seriously. Um, and I think that is it for the lands. I know there's the Animal Sanctuary land that I want to go over, but I think as far as the other lands go, I think that's about it. Um... I, I really do like the Temple Lands. I love the fact of just scrying one, and it helps so much, especially in early game, especially when you keep those hands that are a little bit iffy, but maybe you have two Temples in them. Yeah, you're going way slow at that point, but hey, maybe you can come back and it helps you win. It helps you scry down some cards that are just not useful for you at all. So the only new land card out of this set, um, let me just double check. Yeah, this is the only new land everything else has been a reprint is animal sanctuary and this art is amazing i love the art of it so it is a rare land you tap this to add one colorless mana and you can pay two to tap this put a one one counter on target bird cat dog goat oak ox or snake creature no owners allowed says the sanctuary sign so as far as something is from a limited perspective this will not be a pack one pick one at all I, i'd ignore this and look for something else um, unless it was a foil, and I would only take the foil because the foils probably look so pretty as well. And something like EDH, you know, especially if you're doing a cat-dog deck, this could be, you know, decent card. But otherwise, this is an okay card. I mean, I don't see this really seeing any kind of play in Constructed or Standard or Historic or anything. This is more relegated to EDH more than anything, but... I love the art of this. It's a great art. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful art there. It's great. So there you have it, folks. That is the entire M21 complete set review. Uh, we just finished the multicolored artifacts, colorless, and land cards there of M21. I think this has been my favorite set review so far. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed doing, I've enjoyed doing Ikoria and Theros and all that, but this, I've t tried to take this a uh, different approach here and I feel like it came out for the better. Let me know what you think about it. You know, I really enjoyed doing it and um, yeah, so there you go. That's M21 in a nutshell. And if you listen to this to try to get pre-release, you know, tips and hints, I'm sorry. So sorry because it's, um, no, I'm sorry. I just, I'm not, I'm not very good at competitive mad because this is more of a casual look at them the m21 side but anyways um thank you all for listening it's been great it's been real it's been fun and thank you all for listening and watching and have a great night there